the NFL pisses me off because, like, you hire an independent judge, you hire an independent arbitrator because you don't want to be seen as have, being too heavy-handed because it's a black player. Granted, he deserves the punishment he should get. And then you don't like the punishment that they come up with using your own rules. It, it, it makes no sense to me. Mind you, you suspend him all of last year when you had the opportunity to. They didn't update the rules. So, I mean, honestly, that judge was, like, kind of, like, like shorthanded. She had to go by the book, which was six games. I mean, what do you expect? I expect it's the NFL. It's the NFL. Came here to say, who wanted from the junk? Came here to we can't say. Really get exactly what you want. Came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah. We love you, know. We came here to say that you don't really want it with us. Yeah. The sports show. <clears throat> Let me see if I remember how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Your Sports Show, episode 109. I am your host, Big Baby, a.k.a. the soul of R&B, a.k.a. Houdini, for those who know, and for those who don't. The magic man. <laughs> the magic man. <laughs> to my right, we have the voice of a generation, not suspended for ringworm medi- medicine, Pete Rosado. What's going on, brother? Well, it's good. See, I don't have to remember how to do your. That's part of the Bronx blood, right? We we just year on command. That's a nice try. That is definitely a. We, we just <laughs> <year on. laughs> listen. Bronx is home of the year. That's this. Listen, this is this is it. Yes, it is. It's home of the zoo. No, listen. I'm gonna call KRS one on your ass. Watch. That ain't got nothing to do with me. He ain't, he ain't never come at Brooklyn. He came at Queens. But hey, I'm gonna call the story for another time. He come hard for the Bronx, though. Right. No bad form. Yeah, no <laughs> at, the bo- at the bottom of the pyramid, welcome back, BK Matt. What's going on, brother? What's going on? What's going on? I need a soundboard. Huh? I need a soundboard. I got one. I got one. I got one. What's going on, though? What's going on, though? Job Slam 2 next Friday, next Saturday. I fucking messed up the – I messed it up. But no, you know you didn't. No, you didn't. You know you didn't. You know why? Because Java Sam Sue's next Saturday, but next Friday night is an important it's night Black too. Girl Magic. Black, Black Girl, Girl Magic. Magic. I definitely was thinking about that when I did that too. But right, but after, I can, they, they limited how much I could put on there. Yeah, I don't like that. So you know what? You know what? I, I changed my name. Help them out. I don't know why I changed Magic my name. Two next Friday night in Brooklyn, gonna be a whole movie. Yeah, it definitely is. And just remember, if you're not there and you live in New York and you're not there and you're a wrestling fan, you don't support black women. Basically. Wow. That, wow. Um, I don't, <laughs> uh, shit. Well. Hey, um, yeah. It, Matt, you got to press the little um, buttons. I got it. I it out. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Black Girl Magic 2. And then Java Slam 2, Saturday, um, uh, we will be there with the official pre-show. Yes, yes, Java yes. Slam 2. Am I hmm? on that? 
Am I going to be on the pre-show? Are you going to be there? I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'll talk if to you're there, you can, you can exactly. gladly if join the pre-show. You're going to be on the pre-show. Yeah. You don't even got to act. It's a your sports show branded pre-show. You there. You're the voice of the generation. Me, I'm ratchet. So you might want to keep talent away from me. I might end listen, up going top Listen, we're in Brooklyn man. on a Saturday in the summer. Ratchet's kind of like the menu du jour for the for the day. And what makes it even worse for, for for the talent is we in my we in my borough. I'm heavy, dude. But we in my hood, so this is this is this is the yeah. Uh, you a PA guy now. You I got people. I got people in that in that hood. You a suburbs. No, you a suburbs guy now, Matt. I'm really am oh, not. Have you, you've never been suburbs. to my house. It's not the suburbs. Oh yeah, Matt's <laughs> house is not. Yo, Matt Grimm is not the suburbs. We got walking around, man. Walking around there, I'm like, oh man, this look like the damn shy out here, man. <laughs> like, they having part. They they got a party right now that's been going on for two days. I, like a couple weeks, like uh, last Christmas, not this Christmas, this past week, the Christmas before, I spent Christmas with Matt and his family. And the Spanish people, your, your cousins next door was damn going crazy every night. Outside, <laughs> it's winter, with no shoes on. Outside going crazy. The baby's outside with no shirt, no shoes, no pants. Just barely. The diaper is just rarely holding on. It was just, it was just different. I, I didn't, I've seen Spanish stuff, but damn. Yeah, it was like they was just, and I'm not even too sure. It's like a mixture. They Puerto Rican, some of them is Dominican, some of them is like Honduras. Like it was, it was, it was, it was a lot. Some of them like, is a country. I love that. Some of them is Honduras. I love <laughs> it. Honduran. What, I don't know. Now what they call the people the whole country. What do you call it? It's Honduran, Honduran. right? Honduran. That's what I thought. Yeah, oh, some of them is Honduras, some of them is Puerto Rico, some of them is Dominican Republic. And I only know that they were Honduran because it's like they got like a little Hawaiian look to them. Like they look like Lilo from Lilo and Stitch a little bit. Wow. Wow. I don't know. Racist. What other, right. It's not racist. Like they look like racist. We come back right. off hiatus and we just straight into <laughs> racism. I'm just saying, like I was going to say Samoan, but that would have been like Samoan. Yeah, let Samoan hit us, and, and, and now we all not able to do the podcast anymore because they, they just saying, up on like what is the difference from Samoan and Hawaiian? By the way, and you go ask Samoan. them and find out. You know what? That's I a conversation. That, that is a conversation for a different time. Then I've always wanted to ask that. Go ask, go ask somebody like you know. Go, go ask, uh, you know, Aka and Chica. I almost asked Chica. Ming that. I almost oh, asked Ming and them. Go ask them. What's the difference? I almost asked Ming that, like here, like probably like a decade or so ago, and he's just scary looking. Have you not so heard I, the stories? Are you wild? No, but I heard he's a sweet guy. Like he's mad. I don't Ooh. care. Have you not heard this? Listen, everybody has a haku story, and it's never. Ever oh haku gave me a teddy bear and a hug and chicken soup and shit. No, it's so back, haku almost killed a man uh, with two fingers. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, but I heard he was like he was a real cool dude, but what scared me was his hair wasn't out, so that threw me off off rip. I didn't even know it was him until like you stand next to him. He's freaking huge, by the way. Like he's like 
I don't know. I might have been really, really smaller at that time. I was like 19 or 20. Or, you know, so I wasn't that tall. Shut up, Dre. <laughs> anyway. No, 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 no. I'm getting. Oof, you, you almost. Oof. Haku ain't even Samoan. Yeah, he's not. No, like he's Tonga. from the island of Tonga. That helps. That's an island. Yeah. All right, we're not doing. No, this is not. This is not um, social studies today. We're not doing. I've never studies. been to Hawaii, or I don't even know where <laughs> Samoa is at. Like, how do you get there? Do you like? You can fly get on top the... of. You can fly there. What airline yeah. go there? Let me Expedia this shit. American Samoa. It's a U.S. territory in the Pacific Island. So I can go there without a passport is what you're telling me? Yes. Yes. To American would... Samoa. What the fuck? Is, There's also just more? a regular Samoa. What, they don't got Wi-Fi over there or something? I don't know. But it's close. It's not too far from... It's, it's in that... You know, it's not too far from the New Zealand, Australia area. It's way far out there. It's actually, actually, if you're really being honest, it's by Bora Bora. It's like technically Bora Bora is way out, way out there. I thought you was a math teacher. How the hell did you even know this? I've also taught seventh grade social studies. And y'all were talking about just islands without Wi-Fi. Just well, no, no uh, listen, I am a learned yeah. individual, okay? Guys, okay? I am a learned individual. I am an academic. All right, let's get into the show because gotta get the Wi-Fi. Oh Lord! All right, let's get into today's topic. Damian Sandow with them. Oh Lord! So, so I was getting my groove on to that. Shout out to the minute. Yeah. Shout out to Queen Tay. Queen Tay, that's her. That's her joint. She's on the side. Oh, she was about to get back. tight. She was about to get tight. You call her Queens? No, <laughs> don't do that. You trying to set me up? But everybody know I got a lisp and the tongue getting away sometimes. So pause. It, it, it's only pause if it pertain pertain to you. But don't three guys on the y'all. show. Pause. It don't pertain to none of y'all though. Anyway. Pause. Stop. <laughs> Anyway, Bill Russell, Bill Russell, Bill Russell. Um, somebody said this before. Bill Russell basically the Jackie Robinson of basketball. Um, he broke a lot of color barriers. Uh, he passed away last week, and the NBA now have decided to retire the number six league wide. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, what are your thoughts on Bill Russell's legacy and? And I know we, we throw that word out a lot, that that, that whole legacy word, but for Bill Russell, it's, it's a lot different. So, uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Bill Russell and his legacy in, in the league retiring number six? I think it's a it's a just-do accomplishment. I mean, he he meant a lot to the NBA. Um, they, named the, they named the MVP trophy after him. So, I mean, that shows, you know, the significance of what he was to, you know, that organization, and as far as to our people, you know, the, you know, the black athletes, black people in general, he, he, he broke color barriers. He was in the, one of the most, and I'm sorry that I got it. I'm not really sorry. That I'm saying this. This is well known. Everybody knows Boston is one of the most well known racist states and cities there is, as far as you know, sports. 
So, I mean, and he had to endure that in the heat of all of that. You know, people breaking into his, his apartment and vandalizing his, you know, vandalizing his house. This is a, this is a city that he won championships for. And he's been on record to saying that, you know, I, I played for the Celtics. I didn't play for Boston. So, I mean, we know the significance of what Bill Russell is. He's a champion, you know, hell of an athlete for that time. You know, the reason why we're sitting there questioning if Will Chamberlain is really a top five of all time because he couldn't beat him. Like at all, Will Chamberlain could not beat Bill Russell. I think he's only beaten him once out of what, like five or six times. You know, yeah. like you know the exact number, right, Pete? It's like five or six times, right? So oh, I mean, how many times Bill Russell and Will has played in the finals? I think. Yeah, I know. I think it's like, yeah, it's like five yeah, or six times. Wilt's only beat him once. I mean, when you think of champion, you think of Bill Russell. So I mean, I think it's 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 necessary, you know, to retire his number. Pete? I mean, listen, if your basketball Mount Rushmore doesn't start with Bill Russell, you're doing it wrong, right? It's it, it's very simple. The man is eleven and one. We talk so much about six and zero oh for for Jordan in the finals. Bill Russell was eleven and one in NBA Finals appearances. And in those 11 NBA championships, he won them in 13 seasons. 11 out of thir- 11 of his championships coming in 13 seasons. And the only championship that he lost, I believe, was the 1969 um, NBA Finals. I'm uh, sorry, the 1958 Finals. And, you know, he was effectively injured in, that, in those finals anyway, so he wasn't really pay- playing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at his resume, five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, three-time NBA first team, eight-time second team, four times led the NBA in rebounds, 1969 All-Defense team, you know, and part of the 75th anniversary team for the NBA, right? And that's just talking about his basketball acumen, not to talk anything about his place as a human being, his place as an activist, his place as one of the greatest people to ever walk the earth. You know, and, and people talk so much about, oh, well, Bill Bill won because he had Coach Auerbach, he played with Bob Cousy, he played with, Sha, you know, Charmin, he played with all these other players. You this know that in, the Boston Celtics never went to the NBA Finals until Bill Russell came to Boston? And they still had Coach Auerbach, Bill Sharman, Bob Cousy, and all the other Hall of Famers that played on the Celtics. Whole fact. In 1962, I, had, I looked this up. In 1962, Bill Russell sat out four games due to injury. Celtics went 0-4 with Cousy and Sharman on the floor. In 1969, with Sam Jones, John Havlicek, and the rest of the other Hall of Fame Celtics playing, in 1969, Bill Russell sat out five straight games due to injury, and the Celtics went 0-5. Is their defense. Right. Is that rebounding in their defense? Those were the two worst losing streaks in the Celtics history during his 13 years with the Celtics. Right. When when Russell retired after 69 in the in the 70-71 season, 
The, the Celtics went from 48 wins to 34 wins. And in the 69 season, the only reason why they won 48 wins is because he was in rehab most of that year. Right? Yet they still had John Havlicek, Saunders, JoJo White, Howell, all the other Hall of Famers that played on that team. Bill Russell effectively made the Boston Celtics. You want to talk about Red Auerbach, you want to talk about Bob Coos, you want to talk about everything. It was Bill Russell. And Bill Russell has gone on record saying, you know, like like Matt said, he didn't he played for the Celtics, he didn't play for the city of Boston, but he effectively hated the city that he played the majority of his career in. I hate that city too. And he was for a long time hated in his own city, not accepted truly in the city that he made great. Um I think he made it great. No, he did. He did as, as a sport. As a he, sport, he made it a championship city. Yeah, as a sport that, town. The city of Boston is great because we know. <laughs> Just you know, yeah. I wonder if I still got that charge. You know, like, but we talk anyway, about. Matt. You know, this is a man who won the presidential medal, got the presidential medal of freedom. You know, from for President Obama. You know. Th- Bill Russell is not only on my Mount Rushmore as a basketball player, but Bill Russell is on my Mount Rushmore as a person in terms of just this earth. You know, and and to say that at 88, he died too young. Died too young. He died too early. Bill Bill Russell's impact on not just the NBA, but, but sports in general can be felt still even to this day. Like um, you talk about, if we we're focusing specifically on Boston, there would be no Boston Lakers rivalry without Bill Russell or Jerry West or Jer- or, or Jerry West, but uh, who who is one in nine in the finals and everybody thinks he, he's the greatest, but you know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I not you, shit not you, but. Um, even his activism still be felt today for athletes to be able to speak up now the same way Bill Russell did back then when it was even frowned upon then. It's still frowned upon now, but but it's it, LeBron James. we're now able to we're now able to speak freely about it. Um, even here, from sports shows, anything that's sports related, Bill Russell has had his hand in and um and is a part of and yeah, we thank Bill Russell for everything that he's contributed to not just the NBA, but the the, the landscape of sports and being a, uh, a positive influence on not just, just black people, but all people in general. And every NBA player should be thanking him because if it wasn't for Bill Russell, the NBA Players Union, as you know it, would not exist because owners of the NBA did not begin to recognize the Players Union until 1964. And why is that? Because Bill Russell organized the players to effectively say they were going to sit out the All-Star game unless their demands were met. Absolutely. I didn't know that. I wasn't old enough. Absolutely. Yeah, I was Stay- like five, or five at that time. <laughs> I can believe it. Jesus. Staying on some bas- so- Staying on basketball. <laughs> um. Kevin Durant, this man. That's this Matt's man. man right there. This man. You know what? 
I thought we weren't going to talk about basketball today. I, I was hoping we wasn't. No, because we have to. So I guess we, we'll, we'll kick it a little old school with this. Welcome to the smoke section, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever you hear that sound, you ever hear those those alarms, you ever hear that music, that means somebody's in for some smoke. The usual proprietor of um, the smoke section is BK Mac, but I think I'll take over for, for this one. Let's talk about Kevin Durant. We know, who, this we know who he is. He made it well known who he is, right? This is the man who, in free agency, made a business decision, left the Oklahoma City Thunder because him and Russell Westbrook was not a good combo, to go play with the Golden State Warriors. And in, in, in his defense, Russell Westbrook can't really, you know, no, I'm not. No, nobody. No, we don't. No, we we don't need that. We no, we don't need that. That's, no, he doesn't. Everything. He doesn't need a. He doesn't need a defense. He's a free agent. He he was a free agent. He could do what he wanted. Then, all of a sudden, he is unhappy in Golden State because he's not like how he's talked to, and he is not the the the, the golden child there. Draymond Green called him a bitch, though. I mean, like, what what would you expect? Well, I mean, Draymond Draymond Green will soon soon be right about that, right? So then. Him and Kyrie take their talents to Brooklyn. The first thing they do, Kenny Atkinson, very good coach. I agree with that decision, by the way. Kenny Atkinson, a very good coach, um, who, who is on the staff for the Warriors who just won. Hmm. Kenny Atkinson. Ain't the head coach. coach. Ain't the head coach. Me. You got a ring. Kenny Atkinson um, was fired because KD and Kyrie did not want him as coach. For whatever reason, it's cool. So instead of hiring somebody with tenure, somebody who has vast basketball knowledge, someone who's coached before, we're going to hire Steve Nash. You know why? Rob Colby and them damn MVPs. You know why? Because we don't need a coach via Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant had a good enough relationship with Steve Nash. That's going to come back around to us later, right? The Brooklyn Nets paid Kevin Durant $40 million his first year to sit and rehab his, his injury. The year after that, the Nets make it to the playoffs. Nets get dropped off in the playoffs. They don't, were a foot away. Like they were a foot away. They were a foot away. A toe away. A toe away. away. No, Matt, toe. this is not. No, no. You want to put your head down. This is not for you. So he was a toe away from – Making possibly making the NBA finals right? without Kyrie and, without and James Kyrie Harden Irving and, and James Harden being hobble. Yeah, I'm just right. throw that out there too. This past year, do we need to speak about it? I don't. I rather not. I mean, you know, bet. So now we get to the off season. The same person that Kevin Durant wanted hired, now he wants fired. That's allegedly. No, I ain't that might have been, no, been Sean Monks. That might have been Sean Monks that wanted Steve Nash. Because I didn't understand. The same, the same GM, the same GM that hired Steve Nash, Kevin Durant also wants out of there. I want him gone too. 
Listen, all the reports so, say that it was Kyrie and Durant that signed off on Steve Nash. They didn't I mean, want him in. Then, why sign off on him? I mean, they could why? Trying to get a, try to get somebody a paycheck. He, he's a fellow NBA brother. So is Sean Marks to a degree. But Sean Marks was a scrub. Let's just be one hundred. Like, and some of the best NBA really... GMs and NBA coaches have been scrubs in their playing career. All the way that. But that don't mean that Sean Marks is one of them. Exactly. Sean Marks built. Sean Marks built too much credit, that Nets team that convinced Durant to want to come to Brooklyn. He was the one who drafted and made all the trades and kept all the young talent that convinced KD to sign the contract to come to Brooklyn. But now he's not good enough to be the general manager. He swung the trade for Harden that you wanted. I didn't want that. He's not good enough to be the general manager. No, I didn't want that. But I said I would have did it. I would have did it. I don't think he swung it. I think it was presented to him. Let's just throw that out there. Let's be 100 about that. James Harden wanted to come to Brooklyn, and you just you did what you had to do to get the trade. I wouldn't say that he started it. It's like giving credit to freaking what's the name Rob Palenka for LeBron James. We know that wasn't true. Magic Johnson orchestrated that shit. We know that. Yes, at, at the end of the day, you know what what what's so interesting about this. And by the way, Kenny Atkinson. I, I I almost feel the reason why he backed out of the being the head coach of the Hornets because he was offered to be the head coach of the Hornets this past offseason and actually had said yes to the job and then backed out of the job at the last minute. I have a funny feeling that he was told by somebody in Golden State that he's going to be in line to take that job when Kerr walks out because Kerr's already said multiple times he doesn't intend to coach forever. So I can definitely see Kerr being one of those guys who walks off into the sunset while he's still relatively young, and then Kenny Atkinson takes over, considering that he has been known to mold young players, and what are they building around? Jordan Poole and Kuminga and all of them. But anyway, they would have been better keeping Kenny Atkinson as the coach, in my opinion. So we think. Okay. The problem was Durant and Kyrie did not want to play under Kenny Atkinson. Don't know why. Maybe they didn't want to do the work. Maybe they didn't want to be called out. Maybe they didn't want to be treated as equals. And I and I tend to think it was that last part. Because, unfortunately, everybody says, oh, we brethren, we brethren, we all on the same level. But you don't want to be treated on the same level as everybody else. Kyrie and Kyrie. Kyrie and Kyrie and KD, they don't want to be running, running laps like everybody else. They don't want to be doing the four-hour practice. They don't want to be, you know, doing all the stuff that everybody else is doing. Now nah, they want to go sipping, they monetize and doing a podcast and sitting back like they don't got nothing to do and just show up with game time. It, it ain't like that. Everybody puts the work in, in the gym. This ain't like the NFL preseason where I can understand a starting quarterback not wanting to go out and play a preseason game or certain starters not wanting to go and play preseason games. I can understand that. But when... To invoke the name of Allen Iverson, when we talking about practice, when we talking about making sure that your team can gel, when we talking about putting in the work, I don't care who you are. You do it. And we sit here and everybody in the NBA invokes the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. That man showed up at practice. 
that man showed up and pushed his team, albeit in a bullying manner, sir, pushed sir. his team to continue to get better and continue to play. The, listen, one of the most legendary stories ever. Okay, and people, a lot of people didn't hear about it until the last dance. One of the most legendary stories ever was the practice game played at the Olympics. I got a question though. You, mm-hmm. you bringing up practice? Where do we? Where are we going with this practice thing? Because I've never heard nothing about them not wanting to practice. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I never. Yeah, I never heard been holding no, it's, it's about it's about the <laughs> idea of not wanting to be held accountable, not wanting to have to put in the work, not wanting their feet held to the fire, not wanting to be the pr- people put on the spot. Because you know, Kenny Atkinson <coughs> wasn't going to treat them like stars. You gonna be another man on the roster? Step up, Matt. Your thoughts? I'm, I'm, I'm befuddled with this Kenny Atkinson thing. I, I think y'all are overhyping him a little bit too much, but it's okay. I get it. That's your guy. A little man. I'm not a fan of Steve Nash being the head coach. I made that very clear from when it first popped up, and we had to talk about it. So, as far as the smoke thing. Do I think Kevin Durant should get the smoke? Yes, I do, because he's doing too goddamn much. He wants too damn much. Personally, I don't really think this is what he wants. I think he's just trying to force the hand to to get him traded or whatever the case may be so he doesn't look as bad as he does, but he looks bad regardless because, again, you signed off on Steve Nash being there. And Sean Monks, like Pete said and like Dre said, helped build a lot of that, build a lot of that, that Nets team that, that, you know, wanted – that KD and Kyrie seemingly wanted to come and join. So I don't think he's a bad guy or a bad GM, but if you're Joe Sy, right, and you don't want Kevin Durant to leave, you gonna you like you wouldn't you wouldn't um evaluate that situation. It's Get not like he's the greatest coach. I'm just saying, I, I mean I would try to like seemingly come to an agreement. I wouldn't budge on the Sean Mark shit, but Steve Nash needs to fucking go. I've been fucking saying it since they hired him. He gotta go. Ain't nothing, like, where was he during that fucking first round with the Boston Celtics? Huh? Edoka had them all figured out. Why? Why? Because he was part of Steve Nash's fucking coaching coaching staff the year prior. So he already knew the game plan Knew it was going to be one-on-one fucking basketball. Steve Nash have no X's and O's to draw. He's nothing but offense. So if you stop the offense, what the fuck are they going to do? You stop. That's why they hired him. Offense. That's why they hired him. All the assistants that they hired, he had probably one of the 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 best, one of the better assistant staffs in the NBA. I mean, say what you want about Mike D'Antoni, the man still was a multi-time NBA head coach. Um, still, still had su- never get to the goddamn finals. No, but still, game. still had success with the teams that he did coaching, getting to the playoffs and getting them Pete. fall. So at the end of the day, Pete. yeah, he didn't win a final team win championship. Success is getting to the finals. You had Mike D'Antoni. You had Mike D'Antoni. You had you had you know Doka. You had so many other pieces on that on that assistant squad um, because they needed to surround Steve Nash. But here's here's the problem, Matt. And you agree with what I'm saying? He needs to fucking go. Well, I, don't think, I don't think Steve Nash should have. Listen, it's very rare. I'm not saying that somebody who doesn't have experience can't be hired for a job. But it's very rare 
that's somebody that has no real experience in a job is going to be hired to do a job effectively. Now, if Steve Absolutely. Nash, if Steve Nash had been in a had been an assistant for years, had been doing things for other teams like that outside of being a quality control assistant or a player development coach and stuff like that for a couple of years with the Warriors, then yeah, I could see you getting that job. I fully believe that assistant coaches should get moved up to being head coaches at some point in their career if they show the ability to do it. I believe that position coaches have the ability to sometimes move to a head coach depending on their ability to do things, right? But at the end of the day, Steve Nash didn't have that tenure. Steve, it wasn't like Steve Nash coached in college and was making the jump to the NBA. Hell, Steve Nash wasn't even the head coach of a rec league team and made the jump to the NBA. Okay, he was a he was a player development coach for the Warriors when they had Durant and the squad out in Golden State. Okay, so he didn't have the requisite experience. He could have shocked us all. He could have shocked us all. He hasn't. He hasn't set the world on fire in Brooklyn. So I do want, I do agree with the idea that Steve Nash could go, but here's my issue with that though. Please Considering what's going on right now, mm-hmm. getting rid of Steve Nash or Sean Marks or both of them I'm right now so. makes Joe Sy look like a you know what? A bitch? That. Oh, okay. Right. So the issue I, I didn't know we go that far. So the issue. So. It makes already like a bitch because KD, KD is that is then creating the narrative and putting it out there that Joe Sy could be bent over the barrel, and Joe Sy is going to be beholden to his players. And at the end to. of the day, that is the one thing that we need to get out of the league. At the end of the day, though, I believe the owners, I believe, I believe the players should have a voice. I do believe that players should have a voice on the team that they play for, and right. I do understand the narrative that certain star players and superstar players may have a little bit more of a voice or have a little bit more sway with management and or ownership. I get that. But when you are essentially letting your players run the team, the inmates run the asylum, becomes a, becomes a major problem. So I got a question. Last word, Matt. Got a question. Last word. No, last word. And- All right. My whole thing is what made it so damning that everybody has an issue with it is because Sean Marks was added to it. If Kevin Durant would have just said it's either Steve Nash or me, nobody would have blinked a fucking eye. Nobody wouldn't have gave a damn. Nobody would have cared. It's because mm-hmm. Sean Marks got added to it, right? Yeah. Who essentially says, I'm not playing unless you get rid of the GM? Nobody. Exactly. That's why it became so crazy. Steve Nash could fucking go. Joe, like Joe Side needs to bring everybody to the table. And if we're if you want to make the Nets the best team that you can make it possible, it don't get no better than having two perennial superstars on one team with Ben Simmons, who is an all star. You got a good team. You find ways to make it work to get it on the floor, and you need better coaching. Steve Nash was relatively not even present in the first round. Where does it and end? We, it ends when, when it, end? it ends when we're partying on Eastern Park. No, when does it end? At what point does Durant saying get rid of Marks? Even if it's even if it was just Nash, let's just hypothetically say he said just get rid of Steve Nash. So you hire another coach. What happens when Durant don't like him after a year, 
or Kyrie don't like him after a year, and now they're putting you over the barrel again. At what point does it end? At what but point does Joe Sai have to stand better. up and be a man? Be a man. The goal is to get better. Are they going to be better with Steve Nash as their coach? I don't believe so, but at the end of the day, because of the ultimatum, at what point does it end? Because, again, all the stories were saying that Steve Nash was hired at the behest of Durant and Kyrie. Now you don't want him no more. Okay, so now we're going to hire another coach that you wanted. What happens when you don't want that coach anymore or the next coach anymore or the next coach? At, the, at some point, Joe Sy is going to have to stand up regardless of the cost. I agree with you that Steve Nash can go 100%. But at some point, Joe Sy, the owner of that team, needs to stand up to Durant, Kyrie, whoever it is, and say, I'm the owner. This is what I want for the direction of my team. And you're either going to play here or you're going to leave. Simple. And Durant's think- locked into a four-year contract. So if Durant wants to sit his ass on the bench and not play, go right ahead. Because I'm not trading you until I get what I want in that trade. I think that's the biggest thing that people, some people are forgetting, not us, but some people in general are forgetting the fact that Kevin Durant, one, re-signed that contract in the middle of the season. Two, is bound there for four years. If Kevin Durant decides he wants to sit, that's cool. But we saw what happened to Ben Simmons when he sat and the money that he lost. I know Kevin Durant is not playing for the money, but if it hits your pocket a little bit, pretty sure – after a while, you're gonna you're gonna get up off that floor and, and play, and it's not like, and, and what Kevin Durant I would think he needs to understand is the fact that Kevin Durant is a once in a generational player. You're not gonna get the same value, once in a generational value, for him, which is why the Nets are like, why should we trade you? So, but moving forward, on the baseball, um, Pete Fernando Tatis. Uh, 80 game suspension? Damn right, 80 games for ringworm medicine. Mm. Expand on that. (laughs) So, last night's story broke that Fernando Tatis Jr., the um, shortstop for the San Diego Padres, who, as everybody will remember, just made that big, massive trade for, for Juan Soto in the hopes that he would be the last piece to what they're hoping is a young championship team out in San Diego, uh, has been suspended 80 games after testing positive for cholesterol. I believe that's how it said, cholesterol, uh, which is a performance-enhancing substance in violation of Major League Baseball's um, code. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, announce, uh, the suspension was announced on Friday. is effective immediately, meaning he will not be able to play in the, in the majors for the rest of this year. Um, and any playoff games that the Padres play will count towards his suspension. If they don't make the playoffs, then whatever games is left in his suspension will be um, counted on the beginning of next year, regardless if they make the playoffs or not. Uh, the suspension will likely carry on into at least the very beginning of next year. Now, Tatis has already missed a bunch of time because of a broken wrist. He was in a rehab assignment when he tested positive. Now, according to Fernando Tatis, he said he initially was going to appeal – the suspension, and decided that he's not, as it was his mistake that led to the positive test. Statement that he uh, sent out yesterday said, quote, it turns out that I inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that contained cholesterol. I should have used the resources available to me in order to ensure that no banned substances were in what I took. I failed to do so. 
Um, I have taken countless drug tests throughout my professional career, including on March 29, 2022, all of which have returned negative results until this test. I have no excuse for my error. I would never do anything to cheat or disrespect the game. So, again, he'll be out for the remaining 48 games of the regular season. There's no way the Padres would be able to play enough games in the playoffs, even if they played, uh, went to a seven-game series the whole way and played the play-in game. You're still talking, uh, you know, they would have to go seven about seven games in every series to make uh, 80 games. Actually, they would only make about 60-something games. Sorry, my math is off. So he will be suspended uh, at some point for some portion of the 2023 season as well. Um Here's the thing. Padres gave him that big contract. Padres traded for Juan Soto, got Manny Machado, done everything that they've done to build like the superstar team in San Diego. You are making hundreds of millions of dollars. You have people upon people upon people upon people on your payroll. We have seen multiple times, let's just go with the medicine theory, where... People have taken asthma medication, ADHD medication, all this other stuff, which for some one reason or another gets them popped on a drug test because what there's a substance in there that's banned on the list. How much of a problem would it have been to say, hey, I want to buy this medicine? Is there anything in this that could possibly get me in trouble? Probably wouldn't have cost them anything. Probably wouldn't have cost them any time as well. You probably have people on your payroll that are paid to do that. And in his statement, he said, I didn't take advantage of the resources available to me. I'm sure there's resources within the Major League Baseball system in which you can say, hey, if I take this medicine, would something happen? I think the problem, um, the issue that I'm having with it is the fact that he's not appealing it. And, and, and that, like, if it was an honest mistake, you would think that someone he would appeal the suspension. If I'm not mistaken, right? Like if it was if it was something that I yo I messed up, and if all of his drug tests have come back clean except this one, I'm pretty sure that Major League Baseball isn't like isn't like the NFL, and we'll get to them later when it comes to performance enhancers and not one and done. I think that because. He has a clean track record. I'm pretty sure them 80 games would have probably been shortened a lot more, less than 80 games if he would have spoken up, like if he if he would appeal it. And if he if in his statement he is saying, hey, I messed up, um, it was something that I didn't know, cool, because he has the track record for it. You not appealing it now makes it look like you did it on purpose, regardless of whatever you wrote down. That's how I, mean, I, I see it. I also kind of get a little bit upset because he comes out and he says in his statement, "It turns out that I inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that clean, that contained cholesterol." Okay, what's the medication? Tell right. us the Tell us the meds that you took. (laughs) Over-the-counter medication that you took that you bought at your local CVS that had cholesterol in it. Hey, I took Lotrimin Ultra, and it had something in it that got me pop. Okay, honest mistake. Yeah, my thing is let it be known so that – and if it's not a big deal, if you messed up, let it be known so that other people don't take it either. 
And right. th- and this is an anabolic steroid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spell steroids are part of the treatment right. in ringworm, right? But those are usually anti-inflammatory steroids, not anabolic steroids. Right. Matt, your thoughts on this? Spell that shit? <laughs> Cholestable. Yeah, That's C-L-O-S-T-E-B-O-L. Look, I just think y'all be, they be dragging it with these drug test shit. Like, if it ain't crack, let them at that. This is stupid. I'm sorry. Somebody needs to say it. Like, the best, the best variation of baseball at one point was during the steroid era. None of y'all baseball purists want to admit it, but it is what it is. You're doing too damn much. Ringworms can now cost you to lose 80 games. Wait a minute. He's still getting paid for it? No. So he's not going to get paid for a year. Well, yeah, but I mean, he he probably, he's got enough money. Yeah, the year is about to be over. The baseball year is about to be over. And mind you, he was getting paid. He hasn't played this whole season because, remember, he had his off-season motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, he's been on, he's been rehabbing all year. So they didn't. The Padres did not try to void his salary for this year at all. So he's making, he's making. I think he'll lose like two million, a little over two million dollars. How much is his contract worth again? <laughs> his contract was oh Jesus, you know it's like four hundred something million. And what? Hold up, where's the Padres at again? San Diego. San Diego. They got taxes. Matt, you sound high. <laughs> 14, he, uh, so last to, so in 2021 in 2021 he signed a 14 year 340 million dollar contract extension I swear I was in the wrong goddamn sport I swear but anyway regardless if it ain't crack let my man back they doing too much Pete it's stupid you know it's stupid I get it you a baseball appearance you know and this is actually one of his low years, by the way. This year, he so, only would have made $5 million in base salary with a signing bonus of about $715,000. His, his salary don't start jumping. He jumps $2 million next year, then to $11 million in 2024, and then $20 million in 2025. I'm mad he only said, like, it's only, like, $5 million. Like, that's not a lot of money. That, that is a lot of money, regardless. Um. For us, for, him making, for us, that's a lot. But if he's making two hundred million, that's like two dollars. Yeah, like you know, look, it, it, in three years, he's going to be making you know twenty million in one season. Well, bright side is when he's he's able to just relax, get himself healthy, and do what he got to do. Why fight it if you're actually you actually know that you fucked up? So even though I don't even think it's a fuck up. Truth be told, and why is he getting drug tested if he's rehabbing? That, that because like, he's, he's he's doing a minor league rehab assignment, so oh, um, he so he's playing in the minors. So once he's back in the system, he's going through drug testing. And in in fact, I understand this drug testing because you're coming off of rehab, you're coming off of these things. This would be the perfect time to test somebody uh, to see if they were doing something they shouldn't have done to advance right. their rehab schedule to do all of those other things. And again, this is an anabolic steroid, not not an anti-inflammatory steroid. Like when you take, my, my mother was an asthmatic. I know a lot of people who suffer from asthma and things like that. They take steroids. Those are anti-inflammatory steroids. Um, you know, you have steroids and creams that you could buy over the counter at CVS and Walgreens, stuff like that. Those are usually anti-inflammatory steroids, completely different from an anabolic steroid. 
I would like to know what ringworm medicines that you can buy over the counter. And again, if he had a prescription, if he had a prescription, Still, why are we not, you know, fighting this? As Dre said, honestly, like I said, yeah. anabolic steroids are not crack or heroin. So is it really that deep? Like, like I act like steroids is is going to be the reason why you can see a little ass ball at ninety nine miles per hour for you to hit it out the fucking park. You still, yeah, you still need some skill to play baseball. They make it seem like, like, sometimes they make it seem like steroids give you superpowers. Exactly. It's fucking stupid. Like, like, boy is about to turn into the Flash because he took ringworm medicine. Like, what is the fuck? Evolve at some point. This man's about to reach first base in two seconds. Like, 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 no. no. He's not a fucking Marvel character. Like, let it go. Right. That goes back to, to as last... a baseball guy, you know, I get mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like that goes back to um we were talking shout out to the um to the shop, Stan, Randy, um, Eric. Yeah. Uh we were talking about this before, like like steroids don't really do nothing. Like, like steroid it, it will make you stronger. I guess it will make you hit the ball harder, but you still have to have some type of skill. Exactly. Right, especially in baseball. Right. Like you have this isn't football where you're gonna take anabolic steroids, get massively huge, and truck somebody, right? Like this They're isn't gonna help you with it because everybody else is just as big as you are. You right. have to you have know, skill, regardless. You know, so in, you in baseball, especially you listen, I don't care what anybody says. People make fun of baseball, people like to rag on it. I can guarantee you that probably 90% of even athletes in other sports can't hit a 90 mile per hour fastball. Right, exactly. uh, it's just it's not happening, and it's and not. these are and these are the top five percent, two percent of athletes in all the world. Just talk, take football players, take basketball players. I don't care; they're not going to be able to do it. I think the only people who can really do it, like honestly, I'm surprised the dudes who play cricket can hit what they hit. Um, it's only cricket, cricket and tennis players will be able to hit a ninety mile per hour ball. Right, but, you know, and you know, and, and and again, remember this ball don't move straight. This ball got movement on it. You know, even a fastball, even a fastball, which is the most basic pitch in baseball, still got movement on it. Okay, oh, quick, Mar- quick question, Pete. Quick question. Anabolic <laughs> steroids? Because it, it it allows you to read the pitcher's mind. No, 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 no. Oh, no I, I know. You know what? I think I, I think it allows you to 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 read the catcher behind you to see the signs. Oh, That's what I think it does. Like, oh, they got on, rid right? of that too. They got rid of that too. That's why they got those like Fallout Pip Boys now that guys are wearing because That's they, stupid. They were upset. They were upset that players were on second base trying to steal signs. I mean, get and it. We so, wonder they were and we wonder why baseball has lost a good amount of their fucking fan base because this shit is fucking stupid. Blame it's the Houston fuck. Astros. Fuck oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It, everything bad in baseball is not Astros. Houston Astros' fault. This is listen. This isn't. This isn't like you know we're playing in 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 the sandbox and Matt comes over and I'm like, yo, Matt. When he slides his foot to the left, he's going to throw you the curveball. So now Matt, the next time he goes up to bat. Oh, oh, he, he just lit his foot to the left. I saw that slide. He's going to throw the curveball. So Matt's able to anticipate a little bit better. No, that's not what the Houston Astros did. The Houston Astros had this whole convoluted system where they were out here doing the whole 
Now the whole rain dance on trash cans. Smoke okay. Signals. Smoke signals and everything. To tell yeah, people <laughs> to tell people what 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 the pitchers were doing. Like that, yes, is messing with the integrity of the game. But I do agree with a lot of the old school players. The idea of stealing signs, the idea of being an offensive player standing on second base and breaking down. And listen, signs are not as simple as throwing down a one or a three or this and this. It's a complicated system. Okay, as a former baseball pitcher myself, it is a complicated system. I had trouble with it, and I was the damn pitcher. Okay, my signs would have gotten stolen in, in something in something like the major league simply because my signs were very simple because I couldn't keep up with the system myself. But for you to be able to be standing on second base, which by the way is a lot further away from home plate than you think in a major league stadium. Okay, and for you to be able to break down the complicated sign system that, mind you, it's not the same for everybody. Not every team across baseball and every pitcher has the same sign. Everybody's different. So, you know, for you to be able to break that down and understand the code and bring that to your team and like, yo, this is their signs – Listen, you just gained a competitive advantage, but as the old school players would say, that was part of the game. Being able to do that, you don't want your signs broken, make them more complicated, right? right. You need to do. Um, you don't want, listen, you don't want your, players do it in football. They figure out, they, they figure out the calls, they figure out the 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 the, the, the huddle call, they figure out the, the line calls. The what? Mannerisms. The mannerisms yeah. of the line. They figure it all out, and they're like, okay, they're doing this. They're running that. That guy's going here. It happens in football, and you know what? If, you, if the defense breaks down your offense, you better make it better. You better hide it a little bit better. So I, steroids, I didn't, though. I didn't like steroids. Right. Steroids is not that damn deep. It's just a fucking Here's medicine. Here's the thing with steroids. You're right, Matt, that probably one of the greatest errors in modern baseball. Not probably. It's a fact. Well, it is I a fact. No. I say I say probably because to me I find probably the seventies and eighties. I'm, 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 I'm a pitcher guy, so he I wasn't a lot. Mad dog Pete Rosado, go ahead. I know, I'm, right? I'm, like, I'm, don't, don't do that. Listen, I was I was around when Newt Rockley was t- the coach in Notre Dame, so don't even start with me. Listen, um, <laughs> I I was really a big you know, when I watch old baseball. I was really a big a fan of the pitchers. So for me. The Nolan Ryans, the Bob Gibsons, all of that, the Fernando Valenzuelas, the age of the pitcher was what was really great for me, right? So the offensive age of that uh, of baseball, the offensive age of baseball was great, especially in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete got a film machine in his closet. For he sure. got the whole roll of film and everything. God, Mad Dog, tell us, tell doing us more. The, doing the slide show. <laughs> Where it's like seven <laughs> different slides to one pitch. Pete is yes. like a, and that shit that shit makes mad noise too in the house too. <laughs> Babe, turn the light off. But turn the light off. We gotta watch Jackie Robinson that back. Damn right. Damn right. Gotta we watch it. Babe, we watch we watching the Negro League tonight. <laughs> it's right. Black History Month. We the watching New York the Negro Cubans, League. Baby. We're gonna watch the New York Cubans live and living. And then color. tomorrow we're gonna watch 42. 
what? <laughs> no. Like, what? But, we, we you, know, you know, you, you can make an argument that the, the greatest age of modern baseball was the, the, the steroid era. The yeah. problem, the problem with that is, and I think what baseball is trying to make sure is that they want the game to be a game of athletic skill versus, hey, I could sit there, you know, and, and and hit the ball a million miles, uh, because then you also you also got to remember that that age, that steroid era age, also was an age of very high injury. Pitchers, players, very high, very high injuries were happening. Because of the uses of anabolic steroids, I I don't want to say get them out the game because I think it's going to be impossible. You're going to find guys who are always going to try to get past the system, but at the same time, I do understand the the, the want to get them out of the game. I just think that they want a more athletic game, and people try to be more athletic, and then they ban it from trying to be more athletic. I'll get it, but. Also, I, I understand it. I understand it. But we're, we're talking about the steroid era, and we're talking about, um, you know, people hitting and everything like that. Let's talk about um, a record that was set some years ago, Barry Bond's 70 home run record, right? It ain't a record. It's not a record, but 70 home runs in a season. Oh, because they, they fucking got rid of it? Not a record. <laughs> black. It's because he's fucking black. That's what it is. Because he took steroids. <laughs> True. It, it's true. You know. You know what? You know. Roger Clemens never pitched a day in his life, man. <laughs> so that was just fucking stupid. I'm sorry. And he I, told. I, and he, I, he, he told on everybody. Come on. Anyway. 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 anyway that's a that's a whole show in itself. Anyway. <laughs> um. Aaron Judge, soon to be free agent, <laughs> because the Yankees didn't do their due diligence, and uh, you know, just can't hear right. Can't get, right. can't get right. Yankees, Yankee, and the Knicks, Nicking. So you know, but it could be worse. Could it be could Joe. Be worse. It definitely could be worse. Yeah, but I said what I said. Um, Aaron Judge is at six. Um, is he at sixty-one or he's about to reach sixty-one? Uh no, he's um right now he is at forty-six as of as of yesterday, Saturday, mm-hmm. August twelfth. He is at forty-six home runs. Yes, forty-six. Between, sorry. Yeah. Which he's at forty six, which means he is two off the pace of Barry Bonds. At, the, at in one hundred and thirteen games, uh, Barry Bonds had forty eight home runs in two thousand and one. Um, he is tied with Babe Ruth, uh, who hit the original record of sixty uh, in nineteen twenty one. Babe Ruth had forty six home runs in the first one hundred thirteen games of a season, right, and then in nineteen ninety eight, Mark McGuire had forty five. Oh, we count those. We count with those, huh? It's because he's white. Is that what I said? <laughs> so he's I believe on pace. he is above Maris's pace, uh, Roger Maris's mm-hmm. pace, I believe. So he is on pace to um, be one of the greatest home run hitters ever in, in a single season. So the Yankees, why didn't they resign him? Why didn't they uh, pay him the money? Yeah, but they, they should have paid that money. Yeah, because the Yankees will pay everybody else but the people they supposed yeah. to. We need to dig up Steinberger. That's what we need to do. I think. I, I think. Said. I think the issue, you know, the issue was, you know, the Yankees. Everybody's going to try to get a deal, and everyone's going to try to get that hometown discount, especially with the Yankees having brought him up. I know the Yankees probably tried to play into his injury history, but you know he's making them eat crow with every game this right. season. 
Um, the Yankees would not be having the season that they're having without the play of Aaron Judge this season. Uh, he definitely deserves the money. I still do think the Yankees will re-sign him. I am holding out that hope. I still do think the Yankees will turn around. They're going to have to pay a premium. At this point, they're going to have to pay a premium because at the end of the day, you came out and you didn't want to pay the premium yesterday. But tomorrow's price is not yesterday's price. Hell, it ain't even today's price. Set it right. wrong. Set it wrong. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Come on, you're from the Bronx. You're supposed to have that down pack. That's so I started with tomorrow. I got to do better. Got to do better. But it's not the first time the Yankees has done this shit. They did it to Jeter. Well, like, actually, the most famously, they did it to Bernie. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that pissed me off. Mm-hmm. That I knew was because he was black. I said what the fuck I said. <laughs> I, I knew for a fact it was because he's black. And Bernie was the man. He was the man. I went to Yankee Stadium on purpose because of Bernie. That was my guy. You know, the Bernie Williams, you know, and, and, and everybody was afraid that he was going to go to the Red Sox. Yo, that's crazy that, oh, y'all want to pay me? Watch. <laughs> Watch when I go. <laughs> imagine if you would have, though. Imagine. Like, really imagine. So, and they still imagine- did Bernie. They still did Bernie dirty, though. So they imagine still if, did if, if, if fucking Judge goes to to <laughs> to the Red Sox. You know, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised simply because, and mind you, after the 1998 season, the Red Sox made Bernie Williams a six-year offer for $90 million with a seventh-year option. Mm. Right? Hell this yeah, was in like 1998. Life after the Yankees had just won their third World Series in four years. They would go on, obviously, to win the 99 and, and 2000 World Series as well. Sorry, this is their second World Series in three years. Sorry, 98. Um, you know, but he almost, you know, the seventh-year option that was on the table. Now, mind you, this would have been one of the largest contracts in baseball history at the time because Piazza – had just signed a seven-year, $91 million deal with the Mets. I hated him, too. Right. Now, the the Yankees ended up getting him back for a seven-year deal worth $87.5 million. So, technically, a little less money, but a little bit more more years. You know why he signed that? You know why he signed that, right, Pete? Why? My man's got Scottie Pippen in the contract, fam. He could have got all his money. You really don't know why he signed that? Black in Boston? Thank you, Pete. You've been paying attention. Boston don't like black people. They were just going to pay him $90 million. You know why they was going to pay him $90 million? For damages. That's what that was going to be. You do Every realize that. That's all that was going to be. You do realize that even though Bernie Williams is a black man, he's Puerto Rican. So what? Puerto Rican's a black no, I know that. I know that. I'm just saying he is 100% an Afro Latino, 100% a black man. But I'm just, I'm just hoping Matt knows that he's also. They don't, you know, they don't like Spanish people. In, they don't like Spanish people in Boston either. What are you talking about? Still the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah skin. You got to be Irish and white in Boston. That's how that goes. <laughs> it, sorry, it is what it is. You know, but you know, when you look at when you look at some of the recent contracts that have been signed, mm-hmm. right? You look. Listen, you look at the money that Juan Soto's looking at getting in a couple of years. You know, the Nationals offered him, what was it, a 15-year contract for like 500 something million dollars that he turned down? Mm -hmm. Yeah, why? 
50 well, 400 something million that he turned down. Well, 15 years is a long ass time. I don't think I can. I, I mean, Tatis signed a four a 14 year contract for 340 million. Think you got something better? Um, no. Mm-hmm. At the right at then. the time, no. That's why. At the time, no. You look at it right now. Uh, Manny oh, Machado good. signed. Manny Machado signed a 10 year contract in 2019 for 300 million. Then Garrett Cole signed the contract that he signed um, with the Yankees for nine years, 324 million. Jeez. Bryce Harper signed a thirteen million, a thirteen-year deal for three hundred and thirty million. Uh, in Philadelphia, <laughs> I got commitment issues. That's the thirteen, years, 13 years for one, <laughs> one team. Too long, oh bro. no, it's way too long. I can't. Like I gotta, I gotta ratchet around a little bit. Thirteen years. Imagine thirteen years in fucking Boston. Like, that is that that is. <sighs> That, that's but when you bro. think about this, when you think about <laughs> what I just said, Manny Machado, Manny Machado signed a a ten year deal for three hundred and three hundred million dollars with the with the Padres. Okay, now mind you, you talk about somebody like Tony Gwynn, the legendary Tony Gwynn, who played his entire twenty year career with the San Diego Padres and probably never even broke 300 million in his career. Hmm. What's the year frame in that? Uh Gwyn played from Gwyn played from 82 to 2001. See, I mean the money scale is different from that time frame. That's still a lot of money. That's yeah. technically like that's technically like 1.3 billion around that time. I think about that. <laughs> Moving on, but uh, hopefully the Yankees do the right thing, and, and now the price is higher. No, By the no way, for those higher, people who are paying attention to the home money. run race, uh-huh. he will have to likely hit about, you know, to 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 tie Maris's record. He's going to have to, you know, hit about a little over two home runs a game. For the remainder of the season, um, average hmm. for him to break Maris's record of sixty-two, probably closer to three home runs a game, um, to uh, to hit uh, sorry hit a home run um, every three games. Sorry, if he wants to match, not beat, but match Barry Bonds's record of seventy-three. Oh, you counting would, it now? He would, he would have to hit a home run every one point seven nine games just to match seventy three home runs. So close to every every game, yeah. every close to every two games. He has so twenty five games left at Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, five games left at Fenway, uh, three games left in Angel Stadium, three games left in the Rogers Center in Toronto. Tropicana Field in in Tampa, so he's got some home run friendly parks. Thirty nine of the team's remaining fifty games mm-hmm. is in a good ballpark for right right handed home run hitters. You also know that they're not going to throw to him after the first one either. Well, that's yeah. another yeah. thing. That's something that a lot of people aren't talking about, right? Um, 
Bonds, Ruth, and McGuire, even Maris, all walked over 140-plus times in the seasons that they hit the home runs that they hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Judge is on pace only for 92 walks. They're not walking him. like they, Listen, yeah. I remember watching games when Barry Bonds was hitting all those home runs where he would go one for two with three walks, and they'd be intentional walks. They would just not walk. They would just walk Barry Bonds and deal with the rest of the uh, deal with the rest of the Giants roster. They'd walk McGuire and deal with the rest of the Cardinals roster. They're not doing that with Aaron Judge, and you could say that part of it mm-hmm. is due to it. Scrubs. they don't want to deal with the rest of the Yankees roster because the Yankees roster is, is is a bunch of boppers. But he's not walking as much as a lot of the other guys, so he is getting a lot more chances to hit the ball than Maris, McGuire, Ruth, or Bonds ever did. The crazy thing is they probably won't re-sign him because they got such a crazy-ass squad. No, they need him. They need him. I know they they need him, but you got to think about Boy's mind. His name is Hal, right? That's that's, that's, that's the guy that's Hal, right? Yeah. In his mind, he probably thinks, well, I kind of got a squad. I don't necessarily have to. Stanton is hurt all the time. Stanton is hurt all the time. Josh uh, Josh Donaldson's probably only going to be there for another season or whatever, so he's not really can't be uh, uh, depended on. You know, you're really looking at like who they have. They don't really have anybody. You got Glaber, but Glaber's not what he used to be. DJ LeMahieu's not a 30, 40 home run a year guy. Um, you really need to have Aaron Judge on that team, and especially with the fact that Juan Soto was traded. You're not getting a guy like Juan Soto. You're not getting the stars like the Yankees used to, where big free agents come up every season and the Yankees are just signing them left and right. You need Aaron Judge on the Yankees. Absolutely. Moving forward to our final couple topics, and they surround the NFL, right? Oh, shit. I don't know where this is going. So we gotta, we're just going to kick, kick started off with, with this. Everybody knows Deshaun Watson got six games, right? Um, you start off the show talking about it, um, and we're going to continue it now. Deshaun Watson got a six-game suspension. Uh, they did via outside independent judge, outside of the NFL. But the NFL and the rest of the world is like 25 uh, – six games ain't enough. <laughs> six games ain't enough. So, Roger Goodell is pushing for either 12 games or the whole entire season. With, um, with that included, uh, what's included in that? Also, like, like medical appointments to, uh, man, like. Yeah, so right now he has to do everything through the team. Yeah, he has to do everything through the team. Um, with that being said, we <laughs> never discussed. Um, <laughs> for this. obvious reasons. Which, which no, no, because no. the Texans, the Houston Texans, were complicit right. in a lot of the bullshit as well. Right. So right. Going through the team is which, necessarily always going to be the right thing to do. Which is why we haven't spoken about because we didn't really know and we didn't really want to speak into it until now. It's it's a, basically a finale to it. So now that it it's not like a finale, it's no, not but a it's more it's, it's, it's more closer. Finale. It's more closer to a finale than it was when we first first spoke about it. To where we were thinking like, well, yeah. He's not going to play. Now he has a chance to play. Matt, should Deshaun Watson play this season? 
No. Like <laughs> bitch said that. Like, granted, he didn't play last season. Oh the fuck well. Mm-hmm. But and granted, but got he, paid. Still, he definitely got paid. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't play, but he still got paid. This year he's looking at what less than half the damn season. And the Browns fairly have an easy schedule up until the time he's supposed to be coming back. They probably could do probably they could probably break even with three and three or maybe a four three or maybe even a four two, give or take. Um, so they technically have a shot at still even making the postseason and and well the playoffs and and actually doing something. But honestly, I just feel like I feel like Cleveland fucked the the the, the league to a degree. It was like they, they. It's like they knew what was up before they got to this, this hearing, and what I forgot. I don't know the number categories for this, but they pretty much, they pretty much played it to where he's not going to lose that much money. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to lose that much contract. Money. Yeah, so it's like, it's pretty much a big aha with all of this, and it's not right. It's 100% not right. Like Pete said earlier, he apologized. I don't know if it was Peter Dre. He apologized. So, and now you, and, and then on top of that, you settled 23 out of the 24 that got cases with you, right? Mm-hmm. You're admitting to guilt. So, you clearly did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're being rewarded by being the most paid, the, the highest paid quarterback. In the, in, in the NFL, all around, not for the year, because I think that's still Aaron Rodgers, if I'm not mistaken. But you're, get, you're, you're, you're getting rewarded for this bullshit. And usually, you know, we're like, get your money. We're all for the players, like, get your money. But this, this is fucked up. <laughs> this whole shit is fucked up. And I don't agree with it. I think if you're going to let them play, it should be a year. 12 games is not enough. Because again, their Cleveland Browns do not have a a hard schedule. It's almost reminiscent to the Cowboys last year. <laughs> so I mean, like they can still pull some some bullshit and be contenders. And how right. would that look? He be he'll be he looks like shit, and he might he has a potential of winning a Super Bowl. It's fucked up. My all that. We said the word earlier, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say it now myself. Why is Roger Goodell being a little bitch? He's been a bitch. That's not Roger Goodell did not suspend Deshaun Watson all of last season, right? Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson was on it. Deshaun Watson was. I don't give a shit if the facts were not out. Once you got to (laughs) two, three, four, seventeen, twenty-eight. 37 with different women. One is enough. Do, 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 do. Sorry. Do, do, do. Right. You call for it. One is enough. Let me just make that straight up clear. Mm-hmm. Right. But the fact that you had as many women as you had come out against Deshaun Watson and levy charges that against him. Okay. That is, that is, there should have been a suspension. There. <laughs> there should have been a suspension immediately. Right. You didn't put him on suspension. You put him on administrative leave, okay? He got paid the entire season that he was on administrative leave. 
He was on the roster all year. He was a healthy scratch all year. So he got right. paid. You could have suspended him all of last year. Definitely could have. You didn't. Then you go to an independent arbiter. You go to Sue, you go to Sue um to Sue Brown. Okay. And Sue Robinson, sorry. You go to Sue L. Robinson, former judge. Okay. You recommend that he be suspended for the entire 2022 regular season and postseason. Mm-hmm. She hears all the cases. Mind you, she said the NFL only spoke to three or four of the people that even accused him. So not all 22, 23 of them. Right? And she comes down and says six games. And we're not going to go over the report. You can find the report online, you know. But she 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 was trying to make the difference between violent and nonviolent, sexual conduct, you know, things like that. It's by far the most commonly imposed discipline for domestic or gendered violence and sexual acts. Now, part of this problem is the CBA. Part of this right. is the CBA and the personal conduct policy and the way that it is in the way that it is is worded. So she went based on the rules that are in place by the NFL. Now, let's get past that. The Players Association said they were not going to appeal. And they said that the NFL should not appeal either. Why? Because the NFL appointed Sue L. Robinson. The, appoint, the NFL picked her and said, she's going to make the decision for us. Now you don't like the decision that she made. You have that the opportunity. Was, that she was handcuffed to because that's 100% right. by the book. So, I mean. Right. You don't like the decision that she made. So now... And this is something that people are not talking about. Roger Goodell is a bitch. Oops, sorry. Roger Goodell, yes, Slip. had the sorry. opportunity. Okay, Roger Goodell when he when he said that he was going to appeal. Never. <laughs> Never ever. We we can just say yeah. bye to them. Oh yes. man, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we called uh, a GM of a, a sports team a bitch. We called a... Um, he said James Dolan would have piss on his desk. Right, he said James Dolan would piss on his desk. We called Roddy Goodell, damn... We call NBA, we call other athletes a bitch. It's just like... <laughs> Daryl Morey, I called him a hoe. Yeah, we're going down more at home. Which is, <laughs> Sorry. Um, you don't have to delete all this video footage. Just <laughs> here's no. the thing, right? The minute that Roger Goodell and the NFL said that they wanted to appeal, mm-hmm. please understand that that meant that Roger Goodell could issue a written decision that would constitute full, final, and complete disposition of the dispute. This is per Article 46 in the CBA. So he could appeal the decision, and then Roger Goodell could have just handed down the decision. And then said, we're appealing, I'm giving him a full game suspension. I'm appealing, we're giving him a two-year suspension. Roger Goodell could have done it himself after (laughs) the appeal was made. Or he could choose a designee. 
Shut your bitch, man. Once again, Roger Goodell is choosing a designee because Roger Goodell is not doing this. He sent this off to now uh, Peter C. Harvey, who was a former New Jersey attorney general, who will now hear the appeal. Seems like a you whole know. lot of money being wasted. So, so then if 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 bro gives him six games, what are they gonna do? They're gonna give him six games? They're gonna add another six? They're gonna have to be honest. Why is this being talked about more than preseason and, and the actual season about to be? Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the preseason next real quick because right. both mind you, by the way, Deshaun Watson right? talking about preseason, Deshaun Watson played in the Cleveland Browns first preseason game of the season. That was tonight, right? Okay, What's completed tonight, one of five oh, passes in three series. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> play with the damn dog. But it's like it's like it's like yes. play with the dog. She wants to fetch. Yeah, she wants to fetch. She's giving you the ball so you can throw it. Like yes, watch she it. Is. Like, no, not like not like, not like Watson. Not like Watson at all. Well, definitely <laughs> not like Baker Mayfield. Throw, throw it like your guy. Um, yeah, she's Baker definitely Baker. looking you dead in the eye too. Throw it like Jack Wilson. This, you know wow. what? <laughs> you know, that's, that, that, that's where we're at. That's wow. where we're at. Okay. Wow. Okay. At least he's still better than Daniel Jones. That's right. Damn, so, it's, so it's Tyron Taylor right now. So it's cool. Who? <laughs> exactly. Via the queen. Who? You know. Roger Goodell needs to stop being a little bitch. Because at the end basically. of the day, Roger Goodell could have said, you know what? I want him suspended for the year. He's suspended for the year. But no, you didn't like the first independent arbiter. Now you're going to another independent arbiter. Now you're just making it look like you're just trying to play favorites over here. Like Dre said. What's going to happen if this independent arbiter says, okay, only eight games or maybe 10 games? You're still not getting your full season. So you're going to have to live with whatever this another independent arbiter says. Deshaun Watson decided to finally apologize on the pregame show for the Browns. Oh, God. Said, quote, I want to say that I'm truly sorry to all of the women that I have impacted. No, 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 no. We don't want it. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it because if, if it was this, if. He was so sorry, he would apologize when everything came out. He was sorry he wouldn't have done it in the first place. Exactly. exactly. Over 60 times. Bruh. Moving forward. Please Let's don't. talk about the preseason. Only thing he was missing was some jello pudding. That's what I'm saying. He got Bill Cosby beat. Yikes, y'all. <laughs> and they starting to put the Cosby show back on TV. I don't know if I should be excited or disgusted. I really don't know. That's a conversation for off off the camera. I mean, anyway. he got released, right? Yeah, yeah, on these streets. You know, he's not in these streets. streets. Nah, he's all in right, these all right, all right, all right. Now nah, we're taking him to the limit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're, anyway, we're going. We're, we are, <laughs> you knew what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we're going. Um, let's talk about the preseason. Um, the Giants defeated the Patriots twenty. One to twenty-three, and Tyra Taylor looked pretty good. Stop lying Tyra. yourself. No, Daniel. Listen, it's, it's very Stop easy it. for Tyra Taylor to look good with as bad as Daniel Jones looks. Daniel That's Jones. Daniel relax. Jones. Dre, don't do like, it yourself. He did not Stop. even know how to play football. Right. He's a quarterback from Duke. What do you expect? Name me one good quarterback from Duke. 
one, not one. There has not been one good quarterback in the NFL from Duke University. What in the world made the Giants think we're going to draft a quarterback from Duke and he's going to light the world on fire? You, you're more excited about it than I am. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's a watch. I could have found somebody who never even played college football who would have been a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's stop. Anyway, nobody. The Rock was a better quarterback. Nobody has come out of any major basketball schools and become an NFL powerhouse of in any position. Where's Keanu Reeves in the replacements? It's all in the South. This is all in the South. My my thing is not me. Give us false like. Don't give yourself false hope. We know our team. We know what we're, we're what we're dealing with this season. You, I, wish I know you what I'm dealing with too. Oh no, no, I know what we're dealing with too. Here's the thing: we're not going to win the division because the other teams are better. Yeah, Cowboys are better the in the division. The only thing yes. we have that for me, the only thing we have, I, I can't speak for Tate, but for me, I'm looking forward towards the end of the season. When you know the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Red and I'm sorry, the, the, the Commanders. The commanders are what was that? That looked like somebody was watching porn. Like it's not, it's not me at all. It's not me. Pete, wow. Wait till we finish the show. Yeah, damn. Anyway, that that's yeah. You see, you, you wouldn't have it if you watching porn, sir. Nah, <laughs> but nah. still have some. Probably a little bit more. But um, my but. thing is towards the end of the season or in the middle. What kind of like like we will beat one, a couple of those teams who are looking to play us? Stop it! Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying we're gonna make the playoffs. I doubt we're gonna make the playoffs. I saying why you give yourself false hope? We're gonna beat a we're gonna beat a playoff bound team. Oh yeah, who cares? Who cares? Ain't gonna mean shit. You know what? The you only right. thing you got to look least, forward to. But at to. least the Giants have been closer to making the playoffs than the Jets have been in, in a decade. So We're okay with that. We understand it. It is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm more than okay with it, actually. I'm more than okay with it. All right. When's the last I time y'all made the playoffs? The last, last time y'all won the Super Bowl. When's the last time y'all made the playoffs? When's the last time y'all made the ball? Y'all not answering my question. I know the last we time we, 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 we won it within a decade. When's the last time y'all won? Y'all won. Sorry, hasn't uh, been recently. Has it been in the last two, three years? We went to the playoffs in 2010. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Peter. That's 12 years. I, I just asked and we went all the way to the conference championship game. That was with Mark Sanchez, right? Yep. That was the yeah. second year of Mark Sanchez's conference championship won. We, went, we lost to the Steelers in 2010 and mm-hmm. to the Colts in 2009. Good times. Yep. I was wearing green all through that. Mm-hmm. Butt fumbling and everything. Shut the fuck up. I had Tiki <laughs> Barber. Can't talk. <laughs> we got Tiki Barber a ring. Eli got him a ring. We'll Tiki ain't get a ring. We'll take it. I bet. Also, we have to figure Maybe out. Maybe Tyree got him a ring. Stop it. That's a fact. That was a good-ass catch, though. David Tyree... Had he not saved that that pass with the most incredible catch in the history of the NFL, okay, had he not saved that catch, the Giants would not have won that Super Bowl. 
Same thing with Mario Manningham in that second Super Bowl. Had he not made that toe tap on the on the on the left hash to save that, and and Welka not inexplicably gone out of bounds, y'all wouldn't have won the second Super Bowl either. I, I put the I give the second Super Bowl a little bit more credit to Eli than that first one. That first one, David Tyree saved your ass because Eli was trying to throw the ball to the fourth to the fourth row of of the back of the back deck. And you know we're not what? even mad about it. We celebrated. Why? Because we fucking hate fucking Tom Brady at that yes. time. Yes. So yes. I hate all, Tom we, Brady. We're, 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 we're happy for you. But y'all can't let us live. Y'all just want to throw salt every season. No, because no, y'all got to run into Tom Brady every day. So you had to run into Tom Brady yep. every day. Yeah, we softened them up for y'all. But looks like Joe Flacco will be the starting quarterback for the Jets at least in week one. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> it's been real. We'll see you next week. Uh, uh, I, I saw Joe Flacco. <laughs> Zach Wilson did uh, avoid the really, really bad news. He was only diagnosed mm-hmm. with a bone bruise and a slight, uh, a minor meniscus tear. Uh, after the MRI that he had uh, today, he will be going un- undergoing arthroscopic surgery. Uh, mm-hmm. And if there's any other damage that they find in there, then this timetable might get pushed back. But they're saying two to four weeks, which means he may not start. We more than likely will not start week one because he'll need time to practice. He'll probably start week two, which means that Joe Flacco will probably be the se- the season opening quarterback. Against the Baltimore Ravens of all teams. Well, that's it for this show. Uh, it's been real. We talked about KD and Joe Sy. <laughs> Roger Goodell is a, is a hoe. I mean, I'm sorry, he's a bitch. But um, yeah, and a hoe. yeah. So um, Dre, wrap this up. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. 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 Listen, this is great. We got Joe Flacco starting in the NFL again. This is fantastic. No, the fuck it ain't. Hey, well, the last time Joe Flacco started? Last stop. year. Last year? Stop. Oh, okay. Yes, he did. Can we not do this? Can we not? Okay. Just we won't know. do it. You know what? I'll give y'all a pass. Tay not going to give y'all a pass, but I'm going to give y'all a pass. So let's talk about the events that's going on next weekend. Let's first talk about Black or Magic, where – I'll read out the full card real quick. We have Jordan Blade versus Bonesaw Brooks in the Pure Rules match. That's going to be beautiful, uh, amazing. Then we have Gia Scott versus Damaris Dawkins in the singles. I'm looking forward to that one. The triple threat between Scarlett, Anastasia Morningstar, and Ariella Nix in a triple threat match. Ariel, listen, I, I I know I know two of those women. I don't know uh, Scarlett. Uh, I, I I know Anastasia Morningstar for a very very long time. I yeah. know Ariel and Nick's for a very long time. I knew when both of them were both breaking into this business to become mm-hmm. professional wrestlers. Uh, and no disrespect to Ariel and Nick's, but I am very afraid for both women in that match because Anastasia Morningstar is quite literally a monster. Right, and we've seen Ariel and Nick's uh, up close and personal her comeback mm-hmm. to to wrestling for a while. I know she wasn't yeah. wrestling that, that much for a while. So shout-outs to her. Um, the tag team match, Estrella and Maserati. Maserati. Maserati, yep. Yes, Estrella and Maserati versus Thick and Juicy 2.0, which includes Miss Brooke Valentine and Willow Nightingale. 
And we have the main event. It's Karen Bam Bam versus Trisha Dora, which I think is going to be a banger of a match. Oh, very much a banger. Almost anything Trisha Dora touches is a banger, but it is great to see Karen Bam Bam getting these kinds of opportunities, these main event level opportunities. You know, we talk so much about, you know, people being able to break out and people being able to get that stage. They need to be given those opportunities, right? And and Karen getting this opportunity to be in the main event against Trisha Dora is going to show a large portion of the world that does not know how good Karen Bam Bam is, uh, just how good she is, because she is going to pull some of the best out of Trisha Dora. I think a lot of people are looking at this match and not really taking it seriously, not really understanding how good Karen Bam Bam is. Some people see her as a novelty. Some people see her as a one-trick pony in wrestling. Karen Bam Bam is really, really good, very underheralded, very underrated. And people are going to find out when she wrestles Trisha Dora in the main event of Black Girl Magic 2 just how damn good Bam Bam is. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 110%. I think this card is, is a really, really great card. And shout out to Spice. Um, she ran Black Girl Magic 2 last year. Um, amazing show, amazing show. Uh, I'm looking to see. I'm looking forward to see the turnout and, and everybody there. Um, for for this show, um, it it's show gonna up. be amazing. Yeah, you better. Cause they don't show up. They don't support. I'm, I'm gonna let them know they don't support black women. It's going to be 185 Ellery Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11206. Doors open at 7 p.m. Bell time is at 7:30. Tickets for general admission will be $25 and the front row will be $30. Listen, just bring a tent, bring a sleeping mm-hmm. bag, because you're going to want to stay there. Because mm-hmm. the very next day, in that very same location, in the very same location, is going to be Jobber Slam 2. Most definitely, Jobber Slam 2. Um, we're, we're looking so, so much forward to that. That is going to be a, a, a a banger of an event as well. I just need you as, to not get punched out. Huh. Please. No, I'm 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 keeping. I'm, I'm not going to be own. there for the whole show. Uh, people may uh, as much as it, it pains mm-hmm. me. I I have a, a commitment in, in New Jersey, so I won't be there like I was mm-hmm. for Black WrestleFest. Uh, to, to, to have y'all back, to have your back, I won't be there, right? So please don't get getting punched out, Matt. <laughs> All right, Matt, you talk who's going? Yeah, I was like, what's going on? Yeah, I, I need you to not get punched out on because listen, they ain't getting punched out, but I'll be there. They okay, Matt, that. they don't want I that smoke need- with me. Yeah, I need you to listen because the last time I was there and I almost had to jump the rail because Dre was out here writing checks and then because I wasn't there. Mouth because I wasn't there. Right. So listen. All that was. Let me just say this. I want to say this. Say something this time. I want. I want to say this live and live in color. Especially the short one. I I got a lot of love, a lot of love, and a lot of respect for Yaya. He truly is the gifted one. Absolutely. I have, I have a lot of love and respect for Rayhan. That's the midget. 
No, that's no. the big one. That's the big one. You can catch and I got a lot of love and respect. Bazooka. Oh, that's in child private eye. That's him. So right. so uh, also Zuka is for those who don't know, Zuka is being replaced by um Mr. Movie Mike Rin. Oh, no. oh, Mike coming in. Okay. All mm-hmm. right, listen. Wow, what happened? What happened? Bam Unfort- sucker. Unfortunate events happen. Let's say that. Bam sucker. That's what happened. Bam sucker. Somebody bam sucked him. Um, but listen, I got a lot of respect for these mm-hmm. gentlemen. Uh, I, I, I've used them as well in We Are Wrestling. I, I, I love them and respect them outside of wrestling as well. These gentlemen that make up JTP South, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But y'all be running your mouths a little too much. And y'all be talking some smoke about people that you, you got no business talking. Smoke. You got to worry about prolific. Nah, fuck mm-hmm. that. You in you my gotta, borough. You gotta, you gotta worry about three of the best singles wrestlers and trios wrestlers and tag team specialists in the game that people don't talk enough about. You got enough to worry about with Isaiah Wolf and Tyree Taylor and Marcus Marquis. You don't need to be starting problems and talking smoke about Dre mm-hmm. and, and, and by extension myself and Matt and the Your Sports Show by extension. You don't really do that. I'm with all that fuck shit. Because I'm going to tell you right now, JTP, South, JTP, West, East, North, South, South by Southwest, the Kanye West child, I don't care. When it comes down to it, it's put up or shut up. And if you want to make it six on three, (laughs) if I got to stay a little while and be late to Jersey, I'll stay late. And it'll be me and Matt and Dre, and Wolf, and Tyree, and Marquis, and then what you're going to do when it's six on three? Because there ain't enough for you. There's only three of you. There's more of us than you can count. So let me tell you something, JTP South. On Saturday, you better be ready to put your money where your mouth is, or else we're going to be sending you back down south with a couple more bruises that you just can't heal. We're going to send you back down south with a little heartbreak, we're going to send you down south with a little bit of a emotional damage. And you're going to be starting to wonder if maybe, just maybe, this is the business you need to stay in. Yep, absolutely. I agree 110%. You heard it from the voice of a generation first. Corn now, motherfucker, I want sugar sandwiches and shit. So <laughs> uh-huh. maybe call George South on them. Nah, nah, nah. Don't, you don't got to call George on them. I call George. So, so outside of the JTP South versus Prolific Round Two match, we have Faye Jackson's Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal. I got um, on the Gray Sweatpants right now. Right now, I have them on. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm re- Faye. Call me now. I'm ready. Trust me. I'm a surprise. I'm a surprise. Fe- oh Lord, that sounds crazy. Featuring, um, you know, a couple, a couple cool names. We have um, a good friend of ours, Stan Michael, in it. We have Anthony Gamble. We have. Um, Savannah Evans. Sunny Kiss. Oh, unfortunately, guys, Sunny Kiss will not be making it. Oh man, due to prior engagements. But you know, we have a good we have a good bunch of people and a couple of surprises though too. Oh. I can't I can't I can't speak about the surprises, but we got a couple of surprises. I'm still the next the show or shit that threw me off. I'm just sick. The what? I'm I'm nauseous. Okay, yeah. Why? The Why next, are you nauseous? <laughs> another match that we have. 
for Job Slam and Survivor of the Fittest Battleweight um, Championship match. Um, G.S. Scott, Abraham Khan, Evander James, Jordan Blade, Rembrandt, Montekia, Yoya, Cosmic, Mike Law, Encore, Joseph Alexander, and Dave Rivera. That's a great group of talent, and I can't wait to see the winner of that one. Yo, I'm very, I got very intrigued by that. The Nemesis Division, mm-hmm. the Battleweight Championship. Uh, this dude got announced a brand new championship for Battle mm-hmm. Club Pro. Uh, a lot of great um, competitors in that. But I'm gonna tell you right now, call me a homer, whatever mm-hmm. you want. My money is on Mike Law. Oh yeah, same. The fact same that here. Mike Law does not have a major championship at Battle Club Pro yet. The fact that Mike Law, Mike Mike Law, should be in line to be getting a shot at the franchise championship, the five point mm-hmm. championship. That man deserves a championship around his waist. He has earned it with what he has done in this business, and he earns it every single time he steps into that ring. And against mm-hmm. all the odds, my money this Saturday is on Mike Law to capture that battleweight championship. Absolutely. Um, just to go back real quick, um, Faye Jackson's Great Pants Battle Royale is sponsored by uh, Welcome to the Raw Zone. The battleweight championship match, Survivor of the Fittest, is sponsored by Access Self Storage. Um, round two of Prolific versus JTP South is sponsored by G'd Up Gentlemen. We are sponsoring Prolific, your, you know, your sports show sponsored athletes. And Random Digits Podcast is sponsoring Jabba to South. We have Darius Carter. Yeah. You know, and I like Random Digits. I like I, I, I love, love them too, but they're they going to have to run something after this, after this L we're going to give Jabba to South. Absolutely. Darius Carter Brass Ring Invitational is sponsored by the Dirty Heels and Storyline Teams and Party Rags Mags. The submission match between Janai Kai and Bonesaw Brooks is sponsored by G'd Up Gentlemen. Janai Kai is, spon- is the athlete of the Call Up podcast. Bonesaw Brooks is being sponsored by Golden Girls. What a what a weekend for Bonesaw! A a pure mm-hmm. rules match on Friday against Jordan Blade, and then a submission match on Saturday against Janai Kai. An intriguing weekend for Bonesaw Brooks. Absolutely, the Battle Club Pro Tag Team Championship is on the line. Main event versus Thick and Juicy 2.0. That's going to be a banger. Thick and Juicy is doing double duty this weekend. So Listen, I'm interested to see if we get the second ever women's tag team champions in Battle Club Pro history. Remember, for a long time, the C-Stars, Delmi XO and Ashley Vox, held those Battle Club Pro tag team championships until the main event defeated them to win it. So could the main event drop those titles the same way they won them to an incredible women's tag team. At Jobber Slam, at that. Right, at Jobber Slam. This match is sponsored by GG for the win. Main event is sponsored by Saturday Morning Cartoons. And Thick and Juicy is sponsored by the Jobber Test Network. Um, actually, it's sponsored by Two and a Half Bros. We have the Five Point Championship. On the line where champion Steve Penas, who is sponsored by Go For The Pin Podcast, is going against Mysterious Q. What a matchup. This is a, a, a match. I, this, 
outside of the match that he had uh, against Masha in the finals, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was the finals of the of the five points tournament. This is one that I'm very scared of for uh, for Steve Pena. I usually will put money on Steve Pena against just about anybody in the ring. But this is one of those matches where it's like, man, you know, Mysterious Q is is hella good. And Steve Pena is going to have to fight the fight of his life if he wants to walk out still the five-point champion after Java Slam 2. Absolutely. We have the franchise championship match. Mick Drake, the champion, accompanied by Mr. Martinez of Federated, will defend his title against independent wrestling legend Dan Moff. Well, looks like we're going to have a new uh, franchise champion, huh? Uh, I Listen, I love Mick. I think Mick is uh, in, an incredible athlete, incredible professional wrestler, um, and I never put anything past Federated, especially when Mr. Martinez is involved. Hell, they Federated popped up at my last show completely unannounced, not once but twice. Um, so Federated is known to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it, and we know that there have been a massive Federated influence at Battle Club Pro and the way that they've affected uh, Battle Club Pro shows, how we saw them uh, recruit Abraham Khan and Christina Marie on the same show, you know, un- un- unbeknownst to anybody. Um, but Dan Moff is the goddamn measuring stick. Mm-hmm. And if Mick Drake is able to defeat Dan Moff somehow, some way, it's going to do a lot for Mick Drake in saying who the hell is going to be able to beat Mick Drake. But this may be the one. We have seen a fantastic run as franchise champion for Mick Drake since he won this championship in the May the Franchise Reign tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, We have seen an incredible run by him. He's been in the ring against Simon Gotch. He's been in the ring against, uh, I believe Santana was in that match as well. Yep. Um. He, he's been in the ring against uh, a, a plethora, I believe, at, at Jobber Slam 1. It was Mick Drake versus Mysterious Q. Right. Um, you know, he has had an incredible run as the franchise champion. But this, this right here may be, after what we saw Dan Moff and Shane Taylor do to each other at Black Girl Magic, I highly doubt. That wasn't that black girl magic. <laughs> not black, not um, not black girl magic. Sorry, black wrestle fest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. We're talking about black girl magic, uh-huh. but um, but after what we saw Shane Taylor and Dan Moff do to each other at Black Wrestle Fest, I wonder if Mick Drake has that extra gear to be able to take the beating that Dan Moff is going to give him. Like, there's no question that there is a beating coming the way of Mick Drake. Um, I wonder if this Saturday is going to be the last time we see Mick Drake walking out of that ring with the franchise championship. It very well could be. My money is on Dan Moff, with no disrespect to Mick Drake. My money's on Dan Moff. But, you know, it, it stands to question if, if Drake's going to be able to pull it off this Saturday. Yeah, um, we'll definitely have to see. This match is sponsored by Dr. D's Wrestling Showcase. And the main event, for the Battle Club Pro's Icons Championship. This match is sponsored by Pretty Hills. We have the, ch- the champion, Big Swole, who is 
sponsored by us at the Your Sports Show versus Mia Yin, who is sponsored by Dr. D's Wrestling Showcase. This match is going to be phenomenal. Every time Mia Yim has stepped into a Battle Club Pro ring, it has been phenomenal. And I don't expect anything less. But my money, of course, is on the champ, Big Swole, a.k.a. Main Event Swole, Swolinko, whatever you want to call her. Make sure you call her champion. And, like, at the end of the day, it's going to take a lot for somebody to take that title off her. But me and Yim is definitely going to put up a good challenge. Um, for those of you who watched, you know, Emergence, Impact's Emergence, you saw Mia Yim give Jordan Grace one hell of a fight for that, you know, knockouts championship. Unfortunately, came up a little short there. But um, people forget, and 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 Swole might beat me upside the head when she sees me uh, this weekend for what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. But people may forget that before Battle Club Pro became Swole's house, it was very easily Mia Yim's house. Battle Club Pro was Mia Yim's house before she put her name on a contract and went to go do what she did. Okay? And she is coming back home for the first time in years. She is coming back to a place she calls home and she's looking around on the walls and she's seeing that things aren't exactly the way she left it. She's looking around and she's seeing that the furniture ain't the same, the posters on the wall ain't what they used to be and the paint's just a different shade of color than what was there originally. She's walking into what is now Swole's house and the question is going to be, will Mia Yim be able to reclaim her throne and be able to reclaim her house and be able to make Battle Club Pro once again Mia Yim's house. We have seen Swole go to war with Tasha Steeles, which is how she got that Icons Championship. And we have seen her retain that Icons Championship and won a hell of a match against Trisha Dora and an incredible run with the Icons title. And Swole has been put on this pedestal that she has not only earned, but she has deserved. But now the now the time has come. Now the toll has to be paid. And the question is, will Mia Yim walk out of Jobber Slams 2, the new Icons Championship, reclaiming Battle Club Pro as her house? Or will Swole put her crown down and declare once and for all that in the face of any and all challengers, Battle Club Pro is now and forever Swole's house. Yep. You definitely have to be there to see it, see it live. Um, general admission, what is today, the 13th? Right. So, again, general admission right now, $40, front row is 50 Guys, uh, tickets are selling fast for both the events, Black Girl Magic and, and Jobber Slam. So you definitely want to be there for that. But that puts a wrap on our show. Shouts to... The Job Tears Network, again, everybody but Mr. Black and the rest of Job Tears South, prolific up on everything. Um, Shouts to all the shows on the network. Shouts to everybody here. And like I said, that's a wrap. For the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. For the queen, Queen Tay. For BK Matt, it is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace. Sony removed Fernando Tatis from MLB The Show.